Welcome back to the That's Business podcast. Today's special guest is a near and dear friend of mine, Andy Garrett. She's the owner of Garrett Admin. With over 15 years of administrative support experience in multiple industries, including automotive, real estate, construction, and medical devices. Working in different businesses proved that Andy was able to take on any task and be the go-to person in any office setting. In 2021, she decided to start her own business, offering these administrative services to multiple business lines. She now offers high-level administrative and strategic services to small businesses, which allows Andy to help busy professionals by taking care of the behind-the-scenes operations so they can refocus on growing their business. Andy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited that you agreed to this. So start off by telling the good people, how'd you get to this point and how you are? Yeah. Hi. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, very excited to be here. So what led me here was definitely um, a story that I think a lot of people can definitely feel. Uh, I was working in, um, uh, I actually was working at a company that was a fairly small company, but then the owner sold us. Uh, he didn't say he was selling it, but he ended up, he, he sold They the never company. do. They never do. Uh, but he sold the company and then the transition, even though it was over a couple of years, was transitioning to a very, very corporate uh, company. Mm-hmm. And it was a nationwide company, but they were the, our branch was the main branch. I use air quotes here because there shouldn't <laughs> have been a main branch, but right. the main branch <laughs> was located out of North Carolina. and. Okay. um they had their hands wrapped on all of the processes. They actually didn't really know a whole lot about what they were doing, mm-hmm. uh, but they chose to be the core of the business and implement their processes instead of using processes from all of the established companies because it was like seven companies coming together under one umbrella. Ooh, um, okay. So there was not a lot of conversation to be had and there was uh, a lot of just like terror, like just things were falling apart and it was obvious. Right. And I had actually never experienced such blatant sexism in my entire career oh. at this until this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so something about just like that experience, like working in this like really corporate, really sexist environment uh, where I had come literally in the same company gone from my opinions being so valued and me helping build and grow the business to being just another employee that nobody gave a shit about. Right. Um, And so from there, I just, you know, I was looking online to kind of decide where I wanted to go in my career. Uh, I'm a serial learner. I have never been able to really decide exactly what I wanted to do with my life. It took me 10 years to finish college. I have three degrees. <laughs> so yeah. I, I just don't really know, didn't really know where I wanted to go. I learned about the virtual assistant industry. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of where the business stemmed from, even though I offer more high level um, services than a typical virtual assistant would do. Right. Uh, it's still like in the, within that same industry of offering the administrative support from a remote perspective. So yeah, I went from that really shitty corporate environment to just being like, I'm going to work for a bunch of small business owners all at once. I love that. Cause when I met you, you were still working at your other job and then decided in the, in the means of our friendship to 
transition, but what did you have to do in the back end of you decided, Hey, I want to start this business. I want to do it. Cause I think where a lot of people have these great business ideas, but they're like, I don't have either the financial backing. I don't feel confident. What did you have to do to get to that point to say, screw it. I'm going to go on my own. Yeah. So I, what I will say is the entire process of starting this business was stressful. Of course. <laughs> so, yes. so there's definitely that element of, I am so passionate about helping other people and the administrative services that I do offer that that was definitely in the back of my mind, pushing all of my decisions on this business, but there's so much that goes into it. Like from, do you want to be an LLC? Do you want to be incorporated? What does my state require me as a business owner to do? And so I was very fortunate to have that job while I was doing those things in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did spend probably the first six, seven, seven months of my business um, really focusing on like what softwares did I want to use, making sure I had all of my legal stuff, you know, my LLC was set up and all that, do I have an EIN, all that jazz. Um, and then networking was one of my focuses which is where we met at one of my network one of the networking events right. that I decided to pop into uh those were all things that I had to do on the front end before I felt comfortable to mm-hmm. then leave even though the corporate job was like really crappy and was definitely weighing on me mentally uh the income <laughs> was was what was definitely needed during that time so um but yeah there was a certain point where I just had built the business enough. I had a few clients. I saw everything in an upward swing. I felt like I was getting a handle on like the networking um, and learning to work with clients because that's a whole transition in itself is like going from having coworkers and a boss to being the boss, having to find your work. Like it doesn't just come to you. It's not just handed to you. So once I felt like I had a pretty good handle on that, there were just like a couple of situations that went down in my corporate job where I was like, it's no longer worth it um, to put this mental load on and like keep going down this dark depression path that was caused by my corporate job. Um, So yeah, I just, one day I was like talking with my husband and I was like, can we do this financially? He's like, yeah, we have enough of a buffer. So that was definitely a big thing too is building a financial buffer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we had enough of a buffer, I was just like, cool, peace out. (laughs) Peace out. I'm done. Screw all of you. Peace out. I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Now I like this part because everyone, I feel like always thinks like to be in an, to be in a networking group, you need to be this huge extrovert and everything. And per our last lunch engagement meeting that we (laughs) talked about how you're more traditionally an introvert or you're someone that just genuinely is not like, Hey, look here I am, which yes, that's me. But what did you have to do anything like special to get over that fear? If there was a fear there, what made you realize networking was important to focus on? Yeah. So number one, uh, I'm still very much introverted. (laughs) It is, it is probably the biggest struggle in my business because as mentioned before, uh, there's a transitional period in having your work handed to you versus having to go out and find clients. And like that for an introvert is like the scariest thing. (laughs) Like, like you have to go out there and you also, especially for like, I feel like this is very common for more common for women in the workplace, but I think it's common across the board is you never 
are very good at like owning your skill set and being like I am a badass and I know what the fuck I'm doing and so you have to flip that switch as well as so here I am I'm an introverted I know I have I know in the back of my mind I have skills but I have never out loud been like I'm the best at what I do right so you have to like flip these switches and just be like okay cool but I will tell you that (laughs) this is for all my introverted people out there will tell you that Every single networking event, let it have like at least a day of me just like having to prepare mentally for going and being around a bunch of people that I don't know. And then, and then like two days of recovery after the fact. <laughs> it's, it's really painful, which is like, you know, you and I talk all the time. I feel like it's so stressful that a lot of these pre existing networking groups want to meet at like 8 a.m. <laughs> like, you guys, my brain needs time to process that I'm about to be around a bunch of strangers, but fine. Um, but what has made it easier is in the networking groups, if I find at least one extroverted person to sort of cling to <laughs> you in this situation, that they'll introduce you to the people that they think you need to know. And that's definitely helpful. So it's def- it is a lot harder, like walking into an event where you know nobody and then like walking up to somebody that you don't know and being like, here's what my business is and here's what I'm good at. And here's why you might need me or you might know somebody that needs me. So stressful as an introvert, which is also why, and you and I have this conversation a lot. I don't go to nearly as many networking events as I should is <laughs> because it's hard. It's right. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's terrifying. a job. It's a job getting yourself there. So it's a job of in itself. Yeah. It's yeah. the hardest part about this whole entrepreneurship thing. <laughs> As an introvert, it's just like going and meeting strangers. Well, you're great at it. You're killing it, doing it. But I understand. I know I'm yeah. the one that's like, oh, my God, more networking groups. And you're like, no, dear God, get away from Oh, me. God. Oh, God. Let me get out. Let me let me leave one before I go join another. Yeah, it's stressful. But uh, it definitely helps to have somebody in that networking group that can like if you if I can start a conversation and I feel like a lot of introverts have this if I can start a conversation and then other people join that conversation it makes it easier to transition so it's the it's the starting the the very first conversation at one of these events that's like just terrifying well there's no easy way to do it I just feel like it's always awkward I even feel awkward doing and I think I was scored a 99 percent percentile in extroversion and any like I'm way up there but (laughs) That's always awkward. I feel awkward to it and I suffer from secondhand embarrassment. So when people like awkwardly like walk up and kind of nudge themselves when you're in the middle of something, I'm like, I feel embarrassed for you, but I, I appreciate you. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have, so this is, and I, I know this is a podcast, so nobody knows, but I have vibrantly pink hair. And when I started my business, one of my things was like, oh my God, are people going to think I'm not professional because I have pink hair? But it is actually one of the greatest things because it's a conversation starter. People did, will be like, oh my I gosh, literally... I love your hair. Yes. Right. I said, I was like, your purple hair and you had a neon green shirt on. I remember that. I was like, I love all of this. You look amazing. Yeah. And it starts the conversation. So, which is insane to me as well, because there've been, especially working in corporate environments, have been like a lot of, I've been like muting down either yeah. my hair or my personality or whatever. So here I am finally like, like I tell you, entrepreneurship has been a transition. Here I am owning my skills, 
having to go and talk to strangers in public and being able to just like be myself with my personality. Like I love color and it has actually been one of the most beneficial things because it's a conversation starter. And if somebody, if this starts the conversation, it draws people to me, it starts, has helps them start the conversation and then we can kind of just go from there. Uh, So yeah, having pink hair has actually been a huge help in those awkward networking settings. I I felt awkward because I I think I I just did like blue streaks in my hair and I dyed it super dark, which is my favorite hair I've had. But I felt the same way getting on camera with clients. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. But I think the transition comes when you're like, who's going to fire me? Like, who the hell cares? It doesn't make me any less professional from my tattoos and my, you know, blue or pink hair or anything. Mm -hmm. But was there ever a phase you had to like come to that? Cause for me, I had to like kind of think through that. I had a friend and he was like, who the fuck cares? You want to do this and this is who you are. Then you want to swear, swear. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do it. But did you have that happen to you or were you just like, screw it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So what I'll say is uh, while my last job was the catalyst before we went to that corporate setting, we were a small company. And within that small company, I worked with a lot of really great people which I think was the hardest part of transitioning to corporate. But uh, I worked with a lot of really great people. And actually my boss, uh, you know, we were chatting one day. I was like, yeah, you know, if I didn't work in an office, I'd probably dye my hair, you know, blue or something. She's like, do it. You're young. Do it. Just dye your hair. And so like literally the next week I had dyed and I only dyed half of it at a time. But like she was very encouraging to like be yourself. Um So there was, it was, and nobody cared in the office, right? But I was, even though I was the admin assistant there, uh, we didn't really have a lot of foot traffic. So it was like, nobody, like nobody really cared. And so I got to definitely, my last job was the one that pushed me to my entrepreneurship, but it was also the one where when you work with people or you hang out with people that are so like, be true to yourself and own who you are, then it makes that transition a lot easier, which is like, you and I had this conversation you know last week or whatever when we were chatting at the office space and like people are just finally in my life that are just like just be who you are do what you want to do and now in the entrepreneurial world and this is you know as much as I know that we have been told it's unprofessional to Mm -hmm. have tattoos it's unprofessional to have piercings to have colored hair it's unprofessional for a woman to show their shoulders by wearing a tank top (gasps) it's unprofessional to wear flip-flops like this this most ridiculous stuff right that you're like what does any of that have to do with my skill set right and that's where I'm at in life right now is like okay, so if somebody comes to me and they need my services and they see that I have pink hair and that deters them, that's probably not somebody I want to be working with anyway. Exactly. You attract the people that you want to work with. Yeah. So if there's people that uh, don't want to work with me because I have you know visible tattoos or pink hair or wear bright colors or because I'm plus size, because that's definitely a thing too. If there are people that are deterred for my services because of those external factors, then they are people that we are not going to get along anyway because we are fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. I say that I say that for people looking for jobs. I say it for people hiring contractors for hiring whoever. I mean, yeah. who the hell cares? We're in 2022 here. If if we can't accept these things, then why? No, my favorite is 
as you know, I love my combat boots. I don't know if you know, but I have a combat boot collection. Like I have about 12 pairs. So I don't know if we call that a collection or not. I do, but um, I think it's a collection. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a collection. So um, when I roll up to networking groups and my heeled combat boots and my leather coat and some people are just kind of look like double take at me and I'm like, I feel like a bad bitch. Like this is my bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's. <laughs> Well, that's exactly it. Uh, you know, if I show up wearing bright ass colors, th- like this is just who I am. This is my personality. So yeah, it, it's funny because like there was a point in my life where I was like, I want to work in a corporate office, right? And and now I'm so like, I don't know who that dumb kid was <laughs> because that's like the last thing I want to do now. I'm so I'm so over it because they want you to just be another another employee they want everybody to be uniform and everybody you know uh and I just feel like there's so much in everybody's individuality that is not being harnessed because like I was I am really good at my job but I will say that being able to be myself has sort of made that even stronger because now I can own my skills and so I am more willing to like speak up when there's issues, you know, just like, like when I finally started to be allowed to be myself, be my personality, I didn't have to like not swear in the office. Like we were all dropping F-bombs all day, every day. Right. Like that environment made it so much easier to finally be like, if we were in a meeting and we were discussing something and everybody was like leaning one direction and I could see like there are definitely going to be seven issues that we encounter if we do it this way but if we tweak this one thing historically I would not have said anything I would have just watched it fail right but then being able to like be myself and own my skills and own my personality made it easier for me to speak up on these things and be like hey just so you know I see that we could run into da 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 and then we were not running into those issues and it was making the whole thing, you know, a, a smoother transition for whatever we were trying to do. Whereas being my like corporate self, res- you know, being super reserved, it was like, I have no place to speak up in this environment. And so I would just, it's not my job. I'm, you know, I'm not the boss. I don't have any say in this. Uh, like that kind of thing so it definitely being able to express your individuality and just be who you are as a person makes a difference in how you work and I don't think enough people actually recognize that no I've had well even people this week just on consultations like well it's not terrible my job's not horrible you know I know I have to be this perfect person and I have to present and it's just like what like you, you deserve to be happy. You spend 40 hours a week and you should be able to be yourself. And if you have to tone down, like who you decide to love, who you are, who, what your culture is, and you want to dye your freaking hair. Great. But I've worked corporate jobs too. And it was appalling. I forget. I think I, I got like low lights or something very tame in my hair. And it was like, you did that. I can't believe you did it. Granted, I was the youngest one there by far, far years, but it's just stupid. And I, I just think people, people just kind of, I don't even want to say what's the word kind of settle for it. It's like there, there yeah. is, you're, you could be happy. You could figure it out. It's not going to be easy. It's freaking tough, but it's you know. what we've been taught. It's how we were raised. Yep. 
this is how we were raised and I think and this cracks me up and I hope this is not topic but that's the thing like I feel like millennials are just like we're just struggle busting our way through life because we were taught we were like taught this one thing and we're just like now as adults we're all like this doesn't even make any goddamn sense like what like what does what do my tattoos have to do with anything Mm -hmm. first of all like especially if you so, like, I can understand it a little bit, a little bit. If you're in, like, a very professional, like, if you're a doctor, I I kind of understand. If you have, like, a full sleeve of tattoos and you're not, first of all, I don't care. But I can see how in that type of profession where there's, like, a certain, uh, like, common image of what this looks like, this is an issue. If I work at the bank and I have a little rose tattoo on my wrist and somebody sees it when I'm handing them their money, what, what does that what does that have to do with anything? That doesn't impact how I'm doing my job at all. It also doesn't impact doctors for what it's worth. I I, would, I would I would prefer a doctor with you, a full sleeve. <laughs> I, I think I would prefer a doctor with a full sleeve. Maybe they'd actually listen to me. But right, you never know. <laughs> no but there's it's just you know we've this is how we were raised what we were taught is if you want to get very far in life you have to play the game and I think now us millennials and you know we're finally like we started to break this like really guys like this is stupid this doesn't have an impact but we're also all still like trying to really find ourselves because we were literally raised to be muted versions of ourselves food for thought now i'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about that that going into yeah. this weekend jeez i love that now just be yourself people just be yourself exactly well unless love- you're an asshole and then just, just keep- don't be yourself don't be <laughs> like you are right <laughs> now we talk about this a ton both of us have add 100 yeah. percent. we even for the folks listening we had to write an agenda for our last lunch meeting that was half fun <laughs> half you know starting starting a business to come together but because we, we we talk in circles but how is it a superpower because I know some people like oh you can't stay on task and blah 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 but what's it like being an ADD business owner yeah uh so first of all I was only recently diagnosed with ADD so I've just been living my life thinking that this was a problem <laughs> as anybody with ADHD knows but I'll say it for the people that don't one of the things that happens in an ADHD brain is just we overthink everything. Everything. Yep. everything. There's like you can't hand me a single thing and expect me to have one thought on it. Like that's just not going to happen. You want me to clean my kitchen? Cool, but I have to think about the 30 things that go into cleaning the kitchen. This is a is a con in the rest of life. Right. When you you have executive dysfunction because your brain's constantly thinking the task is like 7,000 times harder than any other person in the world uh but as far as owning a business and even being just like successful in doing the tasks that I do especially in the administrative world it's such a superpower because like I mentioned earlier how we'd be sitting in a meeting and we'd be talking about something and we'd be like defining a process and I'd be over in the corner like okay cool but these are the things that are definitely going to go wrong or that we're going to run into nobody else's brains was processing the way that mine was where I was thinking of the entire picture. Right. So I'm thinking of the things, okay, what's happened in the past? What's happening now? Where are we at today? 
what can happen down the road? What are the issues that we learned in the last time we did? Like their brains aren't processing that. They're like, how do we solve the problem today? And then maybe they're thinking, you know, how did, what issues did we run into in the past? But in an ADHD brain, because you're constantly trying to, you're constantly trying to solve the problem. I feel like that's the easiest way to explain it. You're constantly trying to solve the problem. My brain is always looking ahead. And that's, that's why this is superpower is because I can sort of see what the issues might be. Everything? No, absolutely not. There's still going to be some surprises, but I can see a lot of the issues that we might run into down the road and be able to sort of plan for that in any process that I create. So it also makes you really attuned to like detail <laughs> in certain things. So here I am like thinking I'm not really, don't have good attention to detail. Uh, and then you work with other people and realize that like you do in fact have good attention to detail. <laughs> You're like, why didn't you catch yes. that or that or that or that? And they're like, oh, I didn't see it. And I'm like, but like, I didn't even it's have to read face, it. It's right. screaming <laughs> off the page to you. Wow. Yeah. So while it's like definitely an issue in most of my day-to-day -day life when it comes to my business, uh, it's definitely a superpower. When it comes to me, my job, I, I'm able to troubleshoot things before they even happen. Hell yeah, you are. I agree. <laughs> now, I want to talk more about your services because you offer, you are just like the one-stop shop solution, I feel like, for small business owners. And I want to talk about this because, I mean, just a little backstory. Before I made my first hire, I was drowning. I was working 15 hours a day. I just was like constant worry, you know, that feel that butterflies in your stomach, like that gut wrenching, like, oh shit feeling in your stomach. I had that every single day. Sick all the time. No idea why. And I was too afraid to hire that first employee for a year longer than I should have. And I wish I had you at that point, but what solutions do you bring to your clients, whether they're small businesses, large businesses, what does that look like? Yeah. So, and you and I have obviously talked about this, like to be describing my business to other people is so difficult because I offer so many different things. So um, like you mentioned, when you are a small business, you, especially as the owner, you tend to take on way more than you can chew. People will start a business, not realizing how much administrative work goes into the back end of running things. Like you have you know, bookkeeping, you have to develop processes. Are you hiring a new employee? Do we have written work instructions? What softwares are we using? Like, there are so many different things that go into a business. <laughs> I mean, if you think of it from the perspective of every office ever has always needed an administrative assistant, there's a reason because there's a lot of administrative stuff that people don't want to do. Yes. And when you're a small business owner, you don't really have much of a choice. And so that's why I said earlier, like my business stemmed from the virtual assistant industry, but where I kind of one up from being just a standard virtual assistant is that I offer like higher level and strategic planning. Um, I actually have one client right now that's calling me his outsourced COO. <laughs> so, oh, that's good. Use that in your marketing. Yeah. I was like, I love that. Uh, thank you. I'm going to use that forever. But, th but that's exactly it is he hired me on uh, and even from the, you know, in the couple of we like weeks we've been working together, he's completely changed how he plans on utilizing my skills. And so when I say that is like, yes, I can absolutely do lower level skills, um, creating documentation, uh, answering emails, stuff like that. 
where my skill set is better played is um, maybe being the person in charge of other people doing those, like those lower level tasks, or are you transitioning your business in a way? Do you need help finding software, setting up software? Um, just helping to organize your thoughts, because first of all, as a business owner, you don't know everything and it's, no, you're never going to know everything. But what's helpful is to sometimes have somebody that has a point of view that's different. And that's where I think that I bring a lot of value in is, you know, I'll have conversations with my clients and they'll be like saying something. I was like, oh, well, you could take this one step further and we can, you know, add blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh my God, never thought of that. That's perfect. That's <laughs> right. where we need to go. So really, I, I, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to get into their business, but I really am more like a business partner in helping, yes, absolutely take some of this lower level or just any administrative work because bookkeeping isn't really lower level. It's pretty important, no. but right. to taking these tasks off their plate, but also being a resource to bounce ideas off of. So I am... Um, for one of my clients, I am his remote business manager. So that's the easiest way for me to explain my business is anything you would have handed a business to a business manager in a traditional office setting. That's what I can handle. So plus extras, because also I have experience in the IT world and that <laughs> makes me really good at, at like tech related stuff too. But uh, yeah, which is why it's hard to explain my business is because every client is different. Every I do different stuff for every single client. So right. I do like some marketing materials for one client and the other one I'm helping run like an online business school. And then the other one, we're like literally growing his entire business from scratch and implementing processes and finding software and just like all over the board. So yes, I offer a lot of high end administrative services. Well, and I love, I mean, what it came down to when you know, I, to find like, we're moving CRMs, the CRM we have doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, with our time, with my time and effort, it's not worth my time per hour to spend mm -hmm. the 10 hours. It's a minimum figuring out what the hell I want to yeah. do. So why not hire out you to do that yeah. for me? I mean, that's what, you, what, what made me kind of hire outward was I was spending five hours on marketing. Mm -hmm emails and stuff that wasn't necessarily making me money yet. And that's why I was like, well, there's a, this is stupid. Like I'm not doing revenue generating activities. Let me hire out like, yes, yeah. but you gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. I'm a firm mm -hmm. believer in that, but I mean, your services are very affordable. And if you could solve all these business problems, like my Lord, and you can, cause you're amazing. And I'm your, I'm your ultimate hype chick. So love you all yes. day. But Thank you. And I mean, I, I this is, learning, right? I am right. really good at what I do. So I, yeah. I also think that I'm worth it. But you're absolutely, that's like exactly the mindset that I that I uh, usually give people when they see my prices. And I will say, and this is, I compare myself to the virtual assistant industry, but I am not a virtual assistant. And right. I say that because if you go to a virtual assistant, you're going to see prices and then you're going to look at mine and you're going to be like flabbergasted. <laughs> but I, but I'm not offering just virtual assistant. I am offering like a business partner, essentially, somebody that's going to actually help you run your business so that you can focus on growing the business. And so it is very important, like you said, look at your hourly rate, and then determine if it's worth it to hire somebody. Do you really think that somebody at your hourly rate should be designing all of your social media posts? Or should you be, in your instance, 
helping people with their resumes and career transitions. Or recording podcasts. Or recording podcasts. <laughs> what? Well, and actually, that's that's a fantastic thing too, though, because I, there. What are the activities as well as like, if you're bogged down by some of those administrative stuffs, or just literally running the day to day aspects of your business, you're also not out there traveling or spending time with your family or right. going out for pizza and bowling because you want to, right? Going like to karaoke. Going to karaoke. If if you're doing these things and I'm not saying that I think everybody has the opportunity they can do anything that they put their mind to, but that doesn't mean that you have to as a small business owner. You do not have to do everything you can find help. And I know that that's also a really hard thing like for small business owners is to finally be like, yeah, I need somebody. Uh, So that is what like the benefit as well is uh, I don't work for anybody full time. I have packages that fit into do you need somebody a lot or do you need somebody a little? Um, Anywhere from like 10 hours a month to 40 hours a month. So I can fit into kind of anything. Like, do you just need somebody to take care of these couple of tasks and, you know, help with some strategic planning? 10 hours a month is probably more than enough for you. Do you need somebody literally to help you run your business and manage your employees? Well, then we're looking at the higher level packages. So um, that's kind of the pro is like, and you're not necessarily hiring a full-time employee. Like for you, you want, you need to help you hire a full-time employee. You have to deal with the salary benefits, et cetera. Um, And where I come in though, like you don't have to deal with any of that. You're paying my rates. So yes, are my rates higher? Absolutely. But you're going to get value out of them and you don't have to buy my computer or pay for health benefits or, well, I mean, in the grand scheme of, right. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you are technically paying for those things, but you don't have to deal with it. Like We're picking that. up what you're throwing down, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there's like a lot of benefits in in my business model. I think that I bring value to small businesses uh, that maybe they don't necessarily know about yet that this is an option. Absolutely. Gosh, that was, that was like a drop the mic moment. I love that. That was a great rant. I loved it. Thank you. So people, if anyone listening wants to work with you, where do they find you? Do you offer free consultations? How does it work? Yeah, I, I do offer free consultations, usually just a a short 20 to 30 minute phone call, just discussing kind of your needs. Um, I have a contact box on our contact page on my website which is www.garrettadmin.com um, or anybody can email me at my info at garrettadmin.com email address uh, those are the best ways to reach me right now or you know if you're in downtown royal oak i also work out of the bamboo royal oak office so you can stop in and just say hi the girl <laughs> but, with the hot pink hair you'll you'll see her hot pink hair yes uh, but yeah, those are the easiest ways to to get in touch with me. So amazing. That is amazing. Well, thank you so much for being this was a insightful as shit episode. So you have been amazing. <laughs> That's great. But if you want to work with Andy, look in the bio, there will be a link to her website, how to get connected with her and tune in next week for our next episode. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the resume rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. 
Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.